For the record, with Dan Gordon and Maya Billick on FBI Radio. Midday on FBI Radio 94.5 FM, which means it's for the record. And before we go any further, we'd like to acknowledge that right now we are broadcasting on the stolen Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present and extend that respect to any First Nations person listening in right now. Sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be. My name's Maya Billick, and Dan Gordon and I have prepared a very special, very fun, very exciting and very local episode for you today of For The Record, which if you're listening for the first time is a weekly album show here on FBI Radio and it is our ultimate pleasure to be able to be sharing some Sydney music with you because we're all about Sydney music, arts and culture, also known as Eora. And this week we are pumped to be going through Sydney Bass, a collaborative project by Endless, the moniker of Mitch Tolman from Low Life, and Crazy Mike, Michael Hassett from Den. It's a brilliant record, full of garage, full of bass, full of lots of beats, um, and we've got Crazy Mike joining us today, revealing the inner workings of the record, the genesis for his partnership with Endless and how the project came to be, what Sydney bass means to them, uh, the creative direction, and how they approached working on the project together, lifting the veil on the whole inner workings and the BTS. So be sure to stick around over the next hour. It's going to be a real fun one. We're very excited also uh, to share with you that they've gifted us for the very first time anywhere. You'll be able to hear some unreleased remixes of Sydney bass courtesy of More Grab, Rings Around Saturn and Greta Now. So don't go anywhere. You're an FBI. We're going to let Crazy Mike take it away, but if you want to keep up to date on the track list and keep your eye out on any of those remixes, just head to fbiradio.com slash programs. Click on For the Record and you'll be able to view everything there. Listen back to the show in full. Plus, later you can catch the Too Long Didn't Read wherever you get your podcast from. Hey, hey, hey. 
So I first met Mitch through my friend Mickey, who I play in Den with, who at the time was recording Low Life, uh, Mitch's band. And uh, after recording one day, I think Mickey had mentioned to him that he had this friend Paris uh, with a studio around the corner. And me and Paris used to share this space um, together. And Mitch came around and he wanted help piecing together elements of this new project Endless that he'd been working on. And so, you know, Paris kind of lended a hand with that. Um, but yeah, I just happened to be there at the time and me and Mitch kind of became friends from that point onwards. We had a pretty similar sense of humour and shared a lot of kind of common interests. But it wasn't until 2019 when we both found ourselves living in Melbourne uh, that we actually did any music together, which is quite strange. Um, yeah, that's just how things kind of panned out. But yeah, we were hanging out with each other um, often. You know, he'd come to my house, I'd go to his. And it kind of naturally turned into, I guess, us making music together. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the catalyst for Sydney bass in the early stages wasn't necessarily music, but like a reflection of you know, both his and mine experiences of the the world, which was kind of suspended in this sense of fantasy and, you know, obscenity. And this, you know, these two things, I, I feel like we definitely shared a lot of common um, interest in kind of exploring these concepts. But yeah, I guess it kind of inadvertently uh, turned into what, Sydney bass was but yeah I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily sparked by music more so than you know almost everything else um, it was definitely like a really collaborative process he you know he wrote all the lyrics and kind of pieced all the bars together and I did all the beats although he did contribute to that as well so he was kind of all over the project, whereas my focus was more so on just writing beats and, you know, whether it was helping him with stuff that uh, he'd done already and us kind of putting it together and creating a song or just things that I'd kind of started from scratch um, that we kind of built together. It was very much like a collaborative process from the get-go. And, yeah, it was very much a different experience from... Um, you know, how I used to, you know, how I'm used to doing songwriting with Den, which for the most part is kind of spearheaded by Mickey, the guitarist and singer, and involves us being in the same room and all kind of like chipping in 
ideas. I guess it, it's similar, but it's a different medium entirely, right? Because, you know, we're playing live instruments and it's very much instant. You know, you think of something, you can either play it straight away. Um, it's a lot easier to communicate ideas, I find, like in a band setting. Whereas when you're working on a laptop, you're making music on a computer, like often it can become frustrating because you're trying to communicate an idea, but you're... Uh, like there's this roadblock of technology either you know you, you might not ha know your program inside and out and you it's a lot harder to communicate an idea unless you're uh, genuinely really um, you know good at using software so I did definitely find that frustrating because at the time like I wasn't really that proficient with FL Studio which is what I used um, pretty much for the entire project. Well, that's all I used exclusively. So yeah, it was definitely a very different um, songwriting experience, but I wouldn't say the approach was any different. It's more so like, yeah. FC Parramatta. <laughs> oh, look out. I like all that madness. <laughs> Undisputable. Amazing. Man, he's had that match day Sunday. Best laid out for. Laid out for days. Laid out for days. Match day bonanza. Out of my mind, I'm riding off. Match day bonanza. Get mashed up, kitted up, cheated up, rocked. Mesh day bonanza, I'm out of my mind, I'm sodding out of it. Mesh day bonanza, getting mashed up, kitted up, cheated up, rocked. Mesh day bonanza, out of my mind, I'm sodding out of it.
Uh, yeah, it's definitely a different avenue. Like, I guess Den, for the most part, is like a serious project. Well, sonically, like, it sounds like it's a punk project. It sounds very serious. It's very dark. It's very gloomy, which is kind of funny because almost all of us, well, yeah, all of us are, like, quite flippant, funny, silly people. You know, when we're hanging out, we're often just laughing and screwing around. <laughs> but somehow, like, the music that we make with that project ends up sounding really serious. And I think, um, yeah, like, I listen to a lot of different music and as do the, all the others that I play in Den with. And, um, yeah, there's definitely, like, a... It's, it's not so much, like, the, the music that we make being a reflection of who we are, more so of our interests. So... Yeah, Crazy Mike, um, for me, is is more so, it's different in that aspect because it's more so a reflection of who I am actually as a person, um, and that's often kind of me being all over the shop and, you know, throwing around different ideas and I guess just being pretty strange. But yeah, I, f I think if anything, this is as opposed to Den, more so a, a reflection of who I am. And I guess that wasn't even necessarily my intention. When I was doing Sydney Bass, more so like a direct result of me, like not necessarily having to work in these parameters of, you know, with Den, like I know what that sounds like and we know what a Den song sounds like. Whereas with this project, I, I was... You know, I, there was no, nothing, no format for me to really work off. Like, it was just a matter of chucking a bunch of random things together and seeing what happened. Um, yeah, I, do, I don't really see it as a side project. Like, I don't really necessarily even prioritise one project over another. Um, but yeah, I definitely see it as an ongoing project and me and Mitch are going to do another album, which we're slowly but surely working on, which for the most part is um, as a result of me not really doing a whole lot, you know, he's really, I often get kind of frustrated because he's really quite prolific and is always working on various kind of creative pursuits and sometimes I find that I struggle to really like continuously maintain that level of um, work but you know like I definitely have the intentions of of getting around to you know definitely shortly working on another project with him and and definitely with other people as well um, and definitely doing some solo releases I guess under that moniker but yeah I, I, I definitely see it as something that I want to continue doing
So I'll walk you through the visual elements. Um, I guess in a lot of ways, a lot of the visuals for these songs, um, I guess are a, re a reflection of like how Mitch brought them to life kind of after the fact. You know, like I do, well for Dave One, for instance, like I made that beat and we spliced together various kind of chopped samples um, and whatnot, and, you know, the lyrics and bars that he brought to that song turned it into something that was, you know, kind of quintessentially him, um, and not so much me, uh, you know, even though that I did the song, but I felt that film clip was very much like a really accurate kind of portrayal of, like, who he is as a person, and yeah, definitely really complimented the song. Callum, our friend Callum did that. Um, yeah, he did such a good job doing that clip and it'd be very frustrating working with Mitch and I because, well, Mitch is actually great to work with. He's really good, like from a di uh, directorial sense of things, you know, he has a vision and how he wants things to be and kind of co-directed that clip with Callum. 
Um, so that's really good, you know, even in a musical sense, it's really good working with Mitch because he, you know, we both have kind of strong visions, but he, um, yeah, he's really clear and like apparent in, in what he wants and kind of what he's, I guess, going for. Not that he's really going for anything, but just, yeah, how things kind of naturally turn out. And yeah, the match day clip is obviously, I mean, you listen to that song, like when I was writing that song, you know, there was nothing, um, it's kind of strange because I'm not a huge football fan, but I know Mitch is, and when I wrote that song, you know, it just sounded like a Stone Roses, Happy Mondays type beat, Um, and I just knew immediately that he'd listen to that and come up with something that was just insane, which he did. Um, but yeah, it's kind of turned into this, uh, kind of, um, I get, I guess you could call it like anthemic kind of football hooligan type of song. But yeah, like, you know, as I was saying before, a lot of the time, like I wouldn't, yeah, like I'm just kind of splicing together random things and, you know, even though I'm not like a huge football fan, I kind of know what it's, yeah, when I say before that like a lot of the inspiration for writing this album came from like the world around us, it was more so like my observations of everything not necessarily directly around me, but just through consuming various like forms of media that like um, kind of melded its way into, you know, a lot of what these songs sound like. Yeah, and obviously the single artwork for Match Day is is a play on the Heineken banner. I mean, it kind of just goes without saying it. It's a perfect kind of marriage of all these visual and kind of sonic elements. Um, Yeah, I feel like that's, that's one song that is just so apparent as to what it, you know, it sounds like it is. And it's very much like a reflection of, um, you know, Mitch's like love of football. And, you know, it's still kind of, you know, suspended in this element of fantasy as well, which is... I guess where, um, yeah, this kind of common thread that runs throughout the record, the the BTS behind. So the BTS for that video was for, this is for match day. Pretty sure I just got like a gimbal, one of those handheld, um, iPhone, you know, we shot pretty much all these videos on iPhones just cause I, I don't reckon there's any difference. Like people the people who are consuming the videos and watching them on YouTube a lot of the time, like probably couldn't tell the difference. But if you're like a video buff and, you know, you're looking at the grade and all these, you know, other elements, which, um, you know, is, is great. But for the purpose of the clips that we were doing, I feel like it just wasn't really that necessary. Yeah. And the Dave on clip that Callum did, um, I guess was an, homage to the city in a lot of ways but yeah more so a reflection of like Mitch and his kind of um I guess style and experience um more so than mine 
So, yeah, I feel like he kind of, in a lot of ways, like I was making the music, but he was spearheading this, the kind of visual aspect of things, you know. But yeah, uh, the creative direction for the Dave One clip was definitely done by Callum and co-directed by Mitch, who has a really strong vision of, you know, what he wants and and that's really good in a creative sense, working with someone like that, because it just makes my job a lot easier. Oh God, I need a cigarette. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that it sounds a lot like Sydney. I guess that wasn't... Well, that definitely was the intention. And um, like I said before, like a lot of the influence comes from like 
not so much music itself, but like our observations, both of, you know, our environments and also pretty much the wider world around us. And um, both of us are kind of, I guess, just really amused with this concept of Sydney as this kind of glamorous, glitzy place. You know, we have, uh, you know, all these beautiful people and beaches and places like the eastern suburbs. The, I guess, yeah, it's just like the, the glitz and the glamour and just both of us find these concepts kind of really amusing, I guess, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, so I guess for the most part, like the inspiration behind the project is exploring like what, like the name even in itself, Sydney Base, like often the two of us would talk about like what base is which is just such a stupid thing to discuss, but we'd be like, it's more of like an environment, especially Sydney. Like we'd often talk, you know, Melbourne, it just like, what, what's it really lacking? Like, Oh, it just doesn't have that base. And we'd both just kind of laugh because neither of us really knew what we were referring to when we said that it lacked that. Um, but I guess it was just a, it, it kind of like harks, I guess, back to this sense of like chaos and like hysteria of which I think Sydney is like this huge melting pot of. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot going on. As I said before, you know, like the glitz, the glamour, the kind of dark and like odious elements of like the city and yeah. I, I would I would say it's definitely a commentary on the city that we reside in. Yeah, and not even necessarily from like either of our experiences but from like our interpretation of the fantasy world that Sydney that we often view Sydney as in our eyes anyway yeah I I think you kind of get the gist like if you listen to it I think it becomes very apparent well at least I'd, I'd hope that it would but then again you know everyone listens to music and will inter can interpret it in many different ways so yeah, I think the record probably does a better job of um, explaining exactly what Sydney Bass is than I would be able to describe. Just uh, thinking about the old days. I don't know, man, it's kind of sad, like... It's like a lot of them don't really make it do. I mean, like, the body can't... body can't do mental. Do you know what I mean? Unlucky in the worst of times. Common then, common then, common then, common then, common then, bring on the strife. Set the flats alight, petty bomb gonna take it out, red and blue lights. And I miss some faces, and yeah, I miss them days. And I miss some faces, and yeah, I miss them days, like... And I miss some faces and yeah, I miss them days. And I miss some faces and yeah, I miss them ways. Um, the sonic influences. So, yeah, obviously, like, there's definitely like a big garage kind of influence, but you know, there's definitely like a, I guess, like a punk DIY kind of influence, and that is more so from the, the way in which all these elements of the record kind of meld together. Like some of the songs, like you, you know, Dave one, for instance, you listen to that, you're like, oh, that's like a garage 
song with like rap over the top whereas you'll listen to another song that's perhaps more of like a kind of love song or like a straight up like rave song with ccb and then we have like various interludes which we kind of threw in there to like tie all these like opposing concepts not that they're they oppose one another but I guess to kind of like make it sound cohesive even though I don't think either of us really care for like wanting to go for that so to speak you know we do there is musical influences but for the most part it's a reflection of I guess the shared humor and fascination with fantasy and being suspended in this fantasy world that the two of us kind of uh share like we both kind of share an interest in this kind of idea um yeah like i definitely see us expanding to another project like another album we have a remix album actually coming out through ar53 um which is our friend josh um as label who lives in melbourne um also known as nerve uh the original nerve might i add um but yeah he's gonna so he released sydney bass but he's gonna um put out a remix album which is really cool we have a lot of remixes from just friends and like um i guess people that we've more recently become friends with over the internet so i'm really excited about that coming out it should be coming out pretty soon there's one thing I want people to take away from listening to the project it's that yeah you don't have to worry about like don't care so much about working within a particular style and just kind of feel free to just um go crazy that's it my statement ends out of my mind I'm nodding off just tuned in that brings us to the end of for the record crazy mike right there one half of the collaborative duo behind the record you've heard over the last hour sydney bass is the name and one of the other halves is endless 
You know them as members of Low Life and Den, respectively, and they've come together on Sydney Bass to make something completely different. It's a whole new sidestep and pivot to the music we've come to know from them, and we're so excited by the prospect of what the future holds for Endless and Crazy Mike. We better leave it there. Up next, we've got lunch with Tina Rizagi here on FBI. Keep it locked, 94.5, digital radio and fbiradio.com. You've been listening to For The Record. Listen back wherever you get your podcasts from or at the FBI website. We'll see you here at the same time next week.